With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right. Thank you, Logic, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. I'm your host, Chris Platty, and here with me is first-time guest, Mac. Mac Wilson, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. So we are, as Logic said, taking it back to the 90s and debating the top five best 90s hip-hop groups. Now, before we get into it, uh, we each have our own list, but the criteria we established is that all, only projects from the 90s count. So, therefore, groups like NWA and the things of those nature, which we'll touch on, uh, Run DMC, we'll touch on those. But they are groups that kind of had their main success in the 80s and didn't really, it kind of fizzled into the 90s, but it wasn't as prominent. So, that's the criteria of, um, that's the criteria of the podcast. So, Mac, why don't you start us off with giving your top five list? Okay, uh, well, at number one, I've got, obviously, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, number two, Naughty by Nature. Uh, number three, DITC, or better known as Digging in the Crates Crew. Um, at four, I've got Cypress Hill. And then at five, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay, okay, that is a very solid list. But actually, we are kind of different. And when I got into this, um, when I got into the research of this, I was completely amazed. Like I did not realize how many great. Uh, we were talking about this before we got on the podcast. How many great groups there were in the nineties. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So for me, I had the the list goes like this: number one is Tribe Called Quest. Number two is Wu Tang. Number three is Cypress Hill. Four is Public Enemy, and five is Outkast. That is my group. Um, so Mac, why did you um, end up going with Wu Tang number one? Uh, I put Wu-Tang number one mainly because, you know, their impact on um, rap was fairly great. Uh, I mean, what can I say, really? Their music was all over. They Mm -hmm. were hyped. They were... um, Conscious. Yeah. yeah. And, And they knew how to impact the crowd, and they basically were a live show group, personally. Yeah. Whereas you... You buy the tickets and you're like, this is going to be the greatest show I've ever seen. Because you've got 12 different guys on the stage jumping in left and right. Right. So, um, Okay. Yeah, I I was close to putting Wu-Tang 1. They finished 2 on my board. Um, just because for those same reasons, I think that Tribe, uh, Tribe Called Quest just did it a little bit better than Wu-Tang. But uh, Wu-Tang had 36 chambers, so it was which is, to me, one of the best albums. So I was yeah. really close to putting them above Tribe, but I ended up going with Tribe in the end. And I'm surprised. Uh, how come you didn't put Tribe Called Quest on your list? I know they had some success in their 80s, uh, but they also had they, it also did bleed over into the 90s pretty well. Uh, so what was your reasoning behind that? Well, 
for me, I like groups. I kind of go towards groups that are more unheard of and unknown, such as DITC or. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I also like the. The what's it called? Like the kind of chill factor of some groups. Yeah. And I felt that a tribe didn't really hit my chill okay. center. Whereas like Bone Thugs and Harmony. Most of their music is kind of like relaxation, but with like some hype thrown in, as well as Naughty by Nature, and um, and then I kind of counteracted those with Cypress Hill, DITC, and Wu Tang Clan. Okay, okay, so you kind of face it off a of personal preference, not really. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, okay. I kind of went at it and put Wu Tang first because I do really like Wu Tang, but I do also feel that they were the best group, so that's okay. kind of why I put them first. But then. After that, it's kind of my own opinion, to be right. honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, we're all, when you're debating something like hip-hop, it's it's very subjective. Oh, it's, yeah. it's music. It's not it's not sports where you can measure up stats. Yeah. I mean, you have you have really the stats of sales, but that's... Wh- a but lot of those... How much does that mean? Yeah, you a know? lot of those can be traced back, and yeah. more people might buy something that they like, whereas... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no really stats to kind of prove it. It's just all basically opinion and, and cultural impact. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, I had I had Cypress Hill at three. And uh, where did you have them on uh, yours? I put them fourth. Okay. So, we had pretty close on Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think their impact, for those of you that don't know, maybe uh, never heard of this group, they are basically one of the forefathers of West Coast rap. They were very yeah. hardcore um, they were very, um, they were actually very politically, um, and active too. They also, they were huge, um, supporters of legalizing marijuana back in the day. Oh yeah. That's mostly all their songs are about too, right. is like dodging the cops, smoking weed and yeah. just having a good time really. And, and the thing about them was, is I think that they really did have, they really did capture listening to them. Um, they had three they had three platinum albums in the 90s so to me they were they were damn near the top for me but at Um, the same time they're still like very unheard of today yeah like when you think of 90s group wu-tang clan instantly comes up but then yeah you do you do some digging and you're like cypress hill like and people kind of question who that is and that's that's weird because to me, like Did. that was a big part of my childhood because my dad introduced me to him. He's right. like, "You would like this group," and I was like, "Well, okay." And I listened to him, and I was like, "This is awesome." And so, like from there, like I've always known them, but some people are just kind of like, you know, yeah, lost it's it's them. amazing that yeah. some people, and that's why I put that out there because I feel like some people that are listening to this podcast now might not even have heard of yeah. them. And yet they've impacted, and we'll get to this later. But they've impacted a lot of the people that are in the, that are in the game now. Yeah. Um. So they were to me kind of the uh, the next the next generation of NWA kind oh, of. Absolutely. They were kind of NWA kind of built upon it, and then um, they kind of birthed it, and then Cypress Hill started to form it when it comes to West Coast rap. Yeah, and another thing, um, they took. So NWA was more about like Black Lives and like mm-hmm. you know the African American uh, culture, whereas Cypress Hill took the legalization of marijuana. So still a political view mm-hmm. in society, uh, just like NWA, but just not as harsh um, yeah. of an issue as they did. Right. They didn't. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Actually, I like that. Um, so one more thing I wanted to ask you is. Um, 
Public Enemy, why do you um why why did you not put them on your list? To be honest, I never I never really listened to Public Enemy. Okay. Instead of Public Enemy, I more listened to like I said, Naughty by Nature or DITC. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I I definitely have like looked into them, just not as much as the other two groups. But I I probably will be listening to them more lately, just because mm-hmm. I need some more music to listen to. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, they were they were great. They were. Uh, you want to talk about like, you want to talk about very socially aware. They were one of the most socially aware and socially conscious groups. Yeah. Um, and and they came off of they, to me, the reason why they're four and I almost, it was as much as I like Public Enemy, I almost left them off their list because, really, their main success lasted till about ninety five, and then. Um, they, they lasted all throughout the 90s because their body of work was so strong, but yeah. they really kind of faded after after that 90, 1994, 1995 mm-hmm. time. So uh, they weren't they weren't really um, they weren't they didn't really dominate the full the full 90s. So whereas other groups did, oh, but yeah. I just think that they were so strong that I had to put them on there. Yeah. So I understand not putting them on there because they they had uh, their best album. It takes a nation of millions to. To bring us down or whatever I forget the name, but um, that album's great. I have it on CD, and that was that was in nineteen eighty eight. So that was like that was like I think so the start of their peak. Yeah. And they had uh they had fight the power, which was in nineteen eighty nine. So they they came into the nineties very strong, but they um, but they kind of as the nineties went on, they kind they of began faded. to f- yeah. to fizzle out and fade. Uh, and then my last one was Outcast, which I want to see. I want to hear your opinion on Outcast, and you can kind of ask me questions on my list. Um, Outcast for me was very. Uh, Outcast for me was very hard to put on this list because you named a bunch of groups that could have easily replaced them, but to me, Outcast, I think, even though their their main success, I believe, was in the two thousands. I believe that with with Atlians. Uh, that was one of my favorite. That was definitely one of my favorite Outkast albums, and I just think that they really started to push the boundaries of music from the moment they they came together, uh, and you know some of it worked, some of it didn't, uh, but that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna end up having when you're like a group like Outkast that samples literally every type yeah. of genre and it infuses hip hop with it. So I thought that just on like their creativity and them pushing boundaries, I I did I think that they deserve to be top yeah. five. Well, and I've been saying this a lot lately. I've been noticing that groups more often than not, or and even um, solo performers, um, are found being overrated and underrated severely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to deal with the hip hop and rap difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas Outkast, extremely popular in the hip-hop world, but very underrated in the um, rap industry. Yeah. Like, a lot of people say Andre 3000, and some of them you think are joking um, about Andre being in the top ten for the best rapper of all time. Um, a lot of people think, oh, that's just a joke. Like, it's Andre 3000. He was an Outkast. He's a hip-hop artist. Like, mm-hmm. my baby don't mess around. Like, stuff like that. Right. But he was... And that's why I feel like I couldn't put them in there is because i i just never really listened to them or thought of them as a rap group but now like since i had researched and like did some other things i definitely would put them like maybe fifth and take out 
the fifth would probably be between Bone Thugs and Harmony and Outcast. Okay. But because I listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony more. Mm-hmm. You got a better understanding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whereas Outcast, like I said, I just couldn't really put them in because I I just can't justify it yet. Yeah, and they're they're a weird group. Um I read I read an article um it was it was about a month ago now and it was it was a really interesting article because you kind of touched on it that Outcast is kind of they're kind of they were extremely popular when they were around, mm-hmm. but they've they're kind of, they've kind of been quickly forgotten, and it's yeah. kind of a weird legacy that they have because they're one of the best, and like Andre three thousand is one of the best. Um, he's one of the best rappers. Like he's, I mean, if if somebody says he's top ten, you don't really, it's really hard to argue against it. Yeah. Um, but you know, all that's being said without without really a solo album, um, outside of the Love Below Speaker Box, which was kind of a double solo album yeah. for each of them, showed them splitting up. Uh they're very interesting because I think that they did so many diverse things and they did so many diverse sounds that like the article said and it was kind of interesting that because they're so diverse in their music that fans didn't really have um one distinct style or sound yeah. to kind of to kind of associate them with like mm-hmm. like all of these groups you know you know they with like, like Wu-Tang yeah they have like they have a signature yeah. yeah and I feel like Outkast doesn't which is very interesting and what, what made them extremely popular yet forgotten at the yeah. same time like some people I was talking to some people um who are friends of mine and they didn't even know that like Outkast made uh Hey Ya like yeah you know what I mean? Like they're it's just, just such kind a popular of forgotten. song. You know the name, but not the artist. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah. And they're just they're just a very weird um, group. But I I think personally I think Outkast went five just because of how much I like them. Yeah. Um, and their influence, uh, I almost took them off because their influence was mainly. We'll get into this later, but it was mainly uh, towards the the 2000s and like it's yeah like outcast is i think you're now just starting to see the um impact of outcast on on the music industry yeah, on, absolutely. on artists versus um versus it wasn't as like in the 90s mm-hmm. like and a main thing that kind of um throws me off for outcast but like also really intrigues me is they can go from um rap to soft to hip-hop to mm-hmm. dance to like They've literally pretty much touched in every single genre, genre except yeah. for maybe like screamo and yeah. you know country. But any style of rap or hip hop that you can perform, they've done it, and that's what really kind of intrigues me about them and um, pushes me towards them. And I and I do also really enjoy uh, the beats that mm-hmm. they supply. They are yeah. very catchy and like you know. Yeah, I mean, like, like Andre three thousand on the um, speaker box "Love Below" on his on his album, which is "Love Below," was like, it was like mainly poetry, and it was like with hip hop, and so like he's he's always been really creative, and I don't think that Big Boy gets the props he deserves, but no, not but, at all. Um, Andre three thousand is definitely the face of Outkast. Yeah, which is kind of sad because they're both such good. Yeah, they're both amazing. Yeah, but at the same time, I I feel like that's with any group is that one or maybe like for nwa or wu-tang clan like obviously there's so many mm-hmm. good faces but i mean if you look at nwa a lot of people know dr dre and like ice cube and then easy kind of known yeah and 
who's the other two members exactly like people people forget about red and yellow like Mm -hmm. you know and that's gonna happen when you have a group so you know unfortunately that's just kind of how it goes is people always tend to gravitate towards one Mm -hmm. um like in sports you know you always have the one you have you might have a great team but you have the one the one player you know the the lebron james or the you know steph curry or whatever it is um so that's interesting but let's get back to um let's get back to the to the top five list did you have any really questions on my top five before you're ready to move Um, on i mean not really i i can see all of your um your choices and like why you would pick mm-hmm. those like i said mine was more of a preference and right it, it really does come down to it when you're talking about um your favorite or like most influential or whatever mm-hmm. it may be because your opinion does stand out more than like facts sometimes yeah. and um but i definitely i agree with your list though like that is a right. good strong like you can't really yeah. have negative saying for it Right, and see, I think this is where we kind of, we kind of separate, and this is where, um, this is why our lists are different, is because you kind of, like you said, you kind of grew up listening to this stuff. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't start listening to this stuff till a couple years ago, like when I really started to get into hip hop, yeah. and I wanted to go back and kind of trace the steps and the heritage of everything, and kind of learn what sounds came from where and all that stuff. So I kind of look at it. I think I kind of look at it differently than you because you kind of. Mm-hmm. grew up it's more of an emotional to, yeah. side for me right yeah. versus versus me it's kind of like i'm kind of able to look at it with the hindsight yeah. so um that's that's kind of why like it's easier for me to kind of disassociate even though i love wu-tang i love all these all these people but i didn't grow up listening to them yeah. i wasn't listening to them when i was you know a kid i was i'm listening to them now so i think that's kind of what makes our list different and that's what um that's, that's what's good about like opinions or about um stating facts or like information in general it's just like you are going to look into one group more than the other Mm -hmm. so you're going to find more things that you like or dislike about a group whereas if i were to say like yeah wu-tang's my favorite because i grew up with them whereas you're just like yeah wu-tang's my favorite because you know stats show that they're good and i also enjoy their music right yeah so i mean to me, Wu Tang was so close to being number one over Tribe because of Thirty Six Chambers. But at the end of the day, I just think that Tribe um, and rest in peace, Fife Dog. By the way, he yeah. he passed away about a couple months ago now. Um, I just think that with Wu Tang and and Tribe, it was so close, and I almost gave the edge to Tribe because I tend to do it between the best album. But I just I couldn't I couldn't go against Tribe. Like I yeah. feel like. I feel like Tribe is to me just they've had so much impact, um, and they've kind of they kind of impacted Wu Tang, so therefore they kind of um, they, I I kind of put them ahead of Wu Tang, yeah, in that sense. Well, and you also got to see it that um, Wu Tang was more of like it was literally just a group of guys mm-hmm. that came together and just started basically yelling at the mic, right, and they became popular. And that's that's what amazes me is that they can just get out there and just start basically screaming at each other, or just yeah. like yelling nonsense, and people get so hyped up and like just love it. And that's why I think I like them so much is just because they get out there and they're like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, they're kind of like a band of misfits in the way, but they also 
But they work. They work together. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think, looking at them on paper, that they all go together, oh, but they do. Oh, no. Absolutely. Which is Which is really cool, and that's, like, a unique quality yeah. that I feel like not a lot of groups have. So, let's get into... We, we talked about these groups from the 90s, and we gave our top five, but... um. As we kind of alluded to throughout the podcast, there was a lot of a lot of these groups really, really impacted artists today and artists not only today but in the '90s. So, Matt, give me—I guess—I know we didn't kind of prepare for this, but give me one of your groups that you feel, or like an artist nowadays that you feel uh, one of your groups greatly impacted. Um, actually, that's one of the reasons I chose. DITC, and I would have put them higher up on my list, but they're just not as well known by people. Mm-hmm. Um, but DITC, you know, digging in the crates crew, they're mainly a Harlem centered uh, group with uh, Lord Finesse, Big L, Fat Joe, Diamond D, Buck Wild. A lot of names that um, are known in the freestyle industry, but not mm-hmm. as much in the actual like records or yeah. label industry. And um, Big L is actually my favorite rapper of all time. If you did, if you didn't know, I mean, right. um, he inspired Mac Miller to actually start writing. He inspired um, Eminem. He he's inspired millions, and not a lot of people know about him. I recommend looking him up. He only released one album ever before right. he was sadly murdered. Um, but him and like that group is a group of guys that came together and was just kind of like freestyling on the mic mm-hmm. and then turned around and a lot of people were like they basically said this is awesome mm-hmm. and like they want to do that but by themselves right if that makes sense no i i i've done that so to me looking at my list um i know that there's a lot of um a lot of these groups were greatly impacted. Like to me, I think one of the easiest parallels to draw is between Outkast and Kanye, uh, oh, because yeah. of because of the sampling. Um, I mean, I think that they greatly inspired Kanye, and um, I I believe I think I think that you see a lot of um, I think that not, just looking at my list, I think that you see a lot of. Uh, public enemy in Kendrick. I think that Kendrick's one who really kind of bodies, embodies that... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That vibe and that, like... Because, I mean, public enemy was... They were mainly... I mean, they were very... Very rarely were they not having socially conscious records. They mm-hmm. were... Almost all their records were socially conscious. And yeah. Again, I mean, with what Kendrick's doing right now, I think... It's all socially yeah, conscious. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I believe all these artists kind of have really inspired lots of different artists uh, and even I think to an extent I think that Public Enemy although they were around the same time frame I think that Public Enemy I think you can see a lot of Public Enemy in Tupac oh yeah like, and I mean although they won't admit it yeah. um, Wu-Tang definitely or yeah Wu-Tang definitely inspired um, Odd Future they, they will mm-hmm. never admit it but Right. They're the same setup of just guys yeah. coming on the mic, screaming, and yeah. like walking away. And a band of misfits. Like. Exactly. Like just a bunch of troublemakers doing music, basically. Right. Like, but having fun with it. Where if you've seen a Wu Tang concert, it's, it's crazy. You're right. Hype and everything's going on. 
And the same thing with an Odd Future concert. There's mosh pits, there's, you know, screaming, yelling, mm-hmm. Tyler's crowd surfing. And so I I don't believe that they'll admit it, but deep down they know that yeah. Wu-Tang inspired them. Right. And um, like I feel like groups like Wu-Tang and Tribe, like those are... Those are groups that just inspired like everyone. Like they're, I really, yeah, I really think that they just kind of, they they really like. There's little bits of them in every, yeah. you know, almost every successful artist. Yeah, now. and no doubt in my mind that when all three or all of um, all of the members pass, they will that will be a legendary group. Right. Like I mean, Wu Tang already is considered like a legendary group now, mm-hmm. and most of them are still alive. Right. And so. same same with Tribe. Um, and, you know. I feel like Tribe's kind of the almost forgotten because they were so early. They were in yeah. 90s. And I feel like people in hip-hop tend to have this thing where they gloss over the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, they kind of like like how basketball, like how the NBA kind of, if if you watch or, or listen to the NBA, you kind of get this sense that, like, they kind of make this this idea that, the league didn't start until Bird, Magic, Jordan. Yeah. When really you had Russell, Will, all them before who yeah. built and paved the way. So unfortunately, I feel like groups like Tribe don't get their recognition. No, and uh, a lot of times, like NWA, a lot of people seem to think that they're, at least our generation, I can say for sure, mm-hmm. think that they were in the 90s and that their main impact was the 90s. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they were like mid 80s yeah you know and that was their prime and their come up and people do forget about them just because they think they were so much sooner than they were right and you know it's it's kind of it's kind of funny to look back and see like how everything's been remembered and yeah and kind of uh the legacy of groups but one thing and i want to ask you this before we go is that why do you think that we won't we haven't seen um, we haven't seen as many prominent groups as, as we did in the 90s. What do you think the well, reason is? Well, I feel that nowadays people are more greedy mm-hmm. and they want to do it on their own. They want to, you know, be famous on their own. They don't want the, um, like the weight of other people dragging them down. But I mean, I don't know. I personally believe that if, starting in a group is so much easier than if you were to start like solo Mm -hmm. because you have more talent in one and you have like all those people putting your name out there rather Mm -hmm. than just yourself and although we haven't i mean we've seen what g unit um that what was Eminem's crew? D12. Yeah, D12. He also had that other one with like Royce, the Bad Meets Evil. Yeah, yeah, that was just the two of them. Though. Yeah, but I mean, but it, yeah. it's kind of like Outcast was. It right. was just two people. But I mean, those were like really them, and then what, Odd Future. That's yeah. That's like the last group that I've heard of through media. Right. And I mean, I know there's groups like the Underachievers and stuff like that, but they're not. They're not as popular. Yeah. They're not out there as much. There's not like, like I mean. Back in the day, back in the '90s, you would have seen like you would have seen like all of TDE be one group yeah. instead of individual artists. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's the thing is, I feel like people are trying to get more money mm-hmm. out of their performers or out of themselves, and through a group, you don't. I mean, I personally believe through a group you would like triple, if not double, your profits. Mm-hmm. But because there's more people involved, 
that's less money to you, I think, people yeah. are trying to, or yeah. starting to kind of get. And I, I do believe that it's a big greed factor of it, that people just don't want yeah. others stealing their limelight. And I think it was just kind of a different time in rap, like where groups were just kind of prominent. Like, I remember, you know, this is, I'm quoting a movie, so I don't know how accurate it is, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it is straight out of Compton, which I tend to believe is, is very accurate. Is um, you you seen the movie right? Yeah. So you remember when Cube is leaving the group and the um the guy uh, with the name of the record company I forget I forget who it is the young guy, anyways he's talking to him and he's like are you sure you want to leave NWA like it's a good situation for you, um there's not a lot of money in solo artists, and so it kind of like it kind of put into perspective that that was that was kind of the idea back in in the nineties was was groups yeah like they these were like i mean you think about it nowadays like if that's like a, like like a dre easy e like that nwa group mm-hmm. would be like would be like uh would be like all of tde teaming up today, yeah which would be insane yeah. you know what i mean like nowadays we don't really have many i mean we have what apparently is supposed to be cruel summer or is it cruel winter cruel I, winter cruel winter um, we have we have that apparently coming together in in the process, but like we don't have like you said much collaboration. We have bad no. meets evil. We have, you know, yeah. we have we have little collaboration projects here and there, but we don't have like groups like yeah. actual groups. And another thing is like from a group, there's always like no chance you could ever be in a group without some sort of conflict, mm-hmm. and through that become like starts an argument starts like a diss track start you know you branch out ice cubes no vaseline right dr dre's you know um dre day yeah and then easy e's come back with real motherfucking g's yeah like three of the greatest album or uh, songs ever put out because the group broke up right and a lot of artists i don't think see like the profit that can come from being in a conflict yeah and then you start your solo career and then you know yeah i mean i just think that it, it was just really a different time and i for one it really enjoyed groups like, i wish there were more groups man it kind of upsets me when i'm listening to a song and i hear a feature and i would be like oh like they would be good together like like you know can you imagine a whole album yes. like the you know the whole cole kendrick thing and the whole um you know oh, like, man imagine j-rock j cole yeah Kendrick and Schoolboy. Yeah, exactly. Like, or, right or, there, that's or just like group. even like a TDE. Like, yeah, like, like if they just became one group. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they just all became like the Black Hippie album mm-hmm. that um they they keep rumoring that it's on the way, but I I don't know, you know. You never really know with yeah rumors anymore. I exactly. Mean, look at um what's his name Frank Ocean. Oh yeah. God, oh putting an album out. Never mind and. <laughs> It's just stuff like that, though. Solo artists, they it takes more time. Yeah. Like, when you're in a group, you've got multiple people. I mean, NWA, there's no doubt about it. Ice Cube wrote most of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But even then, you still have guys contributing to the lyrics, so you only have to write half as much. You only have yeah. to perform half as much. And then you got... And, and you can kind of, like, manage it. Like, you know, Dre and DJ Yellow were doing the production yeah. and, like, kind of... Easy's doing his thing, and like they all had their yeah. MC Ren and Cube were the main writers. Um, so you know it's it's crazy to think that um, 
that we're really in an era where, and we're getting farther and farther mm-hmm. away from it. Man. Like we really are. It's so, a more independent and hiring individual. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. a group would be, all right, you take this task, I'll take this one and we'll just kind of spread it apart. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I'll just pay this guy to do it. Yeah. I'll just pay this guy to do it all. And, or I'll just, or I'll just pay this guy and then pay this really fancy producer to mm-hmm. make everything work. And, exactly. You know, so it's unfortunate because I do love groups and I love, uh, I love how they play off each other, you yeah. know, and things like that. Like I, I really think that the most creative people are, are the most creative artists are the ones that worked in groups. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's also a combination of that too. It's just, cause I do think you have to be, although it might be easier in some senses, it also, you have to be very creative and you have to be on the same page with that yeah. person to make it, to make it really work. So mm-hmm. I just think, yeah, I just think, like you said, I think it's a lot of greed. It's all about, you know, you're looking at the generation where in sports, where sports are, sports athletes are the stars and like yeah. sports and hip hop, like kind of go hand in hand in a way. Mm. Uh, I've always kind of said that hip hop in its own sense is a sport. Like it's very competitive. It's very, you don't see like country artists bashing no. each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, look at it in the sense that Wu-Tang as a whole inspired so many performers right and then to split off and have their own like most of their um performers od or yeah odb yeah ghostface you know all these um guys went out and they did the solo career and then they came back to wu-tang and not only did wu-tang make an impact but those solos made Made an impact impact. and then they came back and they were like and you can still be in a group and nowadays like yeah, a lot of these performers or like rappers are gonna go down, but they're only gonna go down as that one person. Whereas Ghostface, like you think of Ghostface, you think of Wu Tang, you think of Wu Tang, you think of like all these other guys, you know? Yeah. And you share the fame. Whereas when it's a solo career, it's you know yourself, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think personally, I th- I think I would like to start off in a group. I just think, like you said, it be it'd be easier, it it'd is. be less of a burden. It's less stress too. Yeah. Like you don't have to be so stressed out and writing lyrics by yourself. You can hang out with your friends and like joke around and like throw around ideas and really start getting your brain moving more mm-hmm. than if you were just to sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, uh, let's start writing some lyrics. You know, you know, I mean, I'm always a fan of more of more. Um, heads in the process yeah so to speak like you i really think that your best work comes when you're when you're together like um like for example like kendrick sapimpa butterfly like his sessions were were all of thundercab wow like it was these same guys locked in the studio for nine months and they were and like he said that that was like his most like creative and you can definitely tell it was his most his most creative you know album and he just said he spoke of how like just like the ideas of just not even having conversation about music but conversations in general and things like that just the group atmosphere yeah. like inspired him to be and and made him uh took him to another level create creativity wise yeah. that you could have gotten look at um the life of pablo the first track has chance on it mm-hmm. and that verse that chance spits is that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know Chance had that in him. Yeah. But because he looked up to Kanye and he had, like, the inspiration of, a, like, a legend, Yeah. he pushed himself to his best. 
And I mean, me personally, you know, I, I just played you that song that me and the guys made. Yeah. We've made two now. And writing around them compared to writing by yourself is just a, a better a different, feeling. Yeah. yeah, you can write more, you can think more, mm-hmm. and you just you're trying to one up the other person, yeah. and that's honestly that's why the whole it's competition, so, yeah. yeah, and that's why it's so much easier because you're always trying to better your friend. Yeah, but in reality, they're gonna come back and like yeah. just equal you out. So I mean, it's you know. it's a lot easier and better personally from the little experience that I have, but still. Um, some that writing in a group or like being in a group is a lot easier and more fun um, yeah than solo that's that's true all right so i think we've i think we've covered it all when it comes to 90s groups um like i said i if you don't if you don't listen to them i would definitely go back and listen to all of these groups because they really have not only if you're a fan of hip-hop have they impacted your artists greatly, but they've also impacted society and they've impacted, and they've also made great music and they did it all together. So, I mean, for those of you that like certain artists, I guarantee you that, name any artists you want that, that you that you love that's in hip-hop, and I guarantee you that one of these groups that we named inspired them. In one way or another. In one way or another. So, I think that it's it's great to kind of retrace the history of rap and kind of figure out where things come from. So the 90s was really what many called the end of the golden era, and that's a whole nother debate for a whole nother time. Yeah. But I definitely think you can say it was the golden era for groups. Yeah, and I mean, real quick, you just look at it, and a lot of groups that were in the 90s mm-hmm. weren't even really groups. Like, I don't know if it's exactly the 90s, but Eric B. and Rakim... Yeah. Is that is that 90s? Rocking. Uh, I believe that was more towards the 80s. More but toward, but I mean, even then, like, they weren't, they, they didn't were, have a label on their name. It was right. just two guys, this is the performers, these are the groups, and have fun. You yeah. Know? And nowadays, it's just kind of... All individual. Yeah. All right. So, Mag, in the meantime, do you have anything you want to plug or anything before yeah. you get out of here? John Smith out a new song that girl check it out on soundcloud go on his twitter um john smith uh will wade's got amazing beats always yeah. gotta plug him always uh, soundcloud will wade the beat guy um i don't know i mean that's about it yeah we just kind of sit around and do nothing all day anyways <laughs> average man if you don't know him you won't know him <laughs> that's about it yeah. i mean yeah i mean that's that's surprising that that uh john smith dropped the song yeah and he was he's lately been um i kind of talked to him a little bit about it and he said he doesn't care anymore man he's just gonna start throwing music out he's not gonna give uh promises of hey i'm gonna be dropping one he's just gonna be like well check it out there it goes (laughs) like you know and i've listened to it and it's it's really good he is very very good he is a friend of the show he's been on the show before um so check him out we actually did the tde label one yep so that one was great all right and thanks for tuning in to a strictly hip-hop episode with uh, mac wilson and for those of you that don't know you can find all my content on my twitter which is at crispy 1132 which is c-h-r-i-s-p-y 1132 and in my bio i will have a link to all of my podcasts that are on podbean and i'm currently in the process of transitioning from Podbean to iTunes so that's easier for a lot of you guys to find 
But in, until then, you will have to use my Twitter and my Podbean account to find all my content. I do the hip-hop series, which I have done numerous episodes on. And in addition to the music series, I also do an NBA podcast series where I talk everything NBA, everything you need to know. Got some very exciting stuff coming for the summer once the series is over. Uh, but in the meantime, I will have a podcast up on the NBA Finals coming shortly. And other upcoming podcasts are a surprise classic album review. It's my first ever classic album review for the hip-hop series. And it's with a good friend, Kale Mitchell, who was on my first music podcast episode. So he will be on this one, and it will be a surprise album, so stay tuned for that. And then also I have a mixtape review coming this weekend with Clarissa, a longtime friend of the show. She is. It will be her first appearance on here, but we will be talking Chris Webby's mixtape which is Webster's Lab 2. So stay on the lookout for those three podcasts coming soon and tons more. Thank you for tuning in. And Mac, thanks again for joining the show. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Chris. No problem.